the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Ed Bondarenka is filling in as today's host on Moment of Clarity for Pastor Rick. He'll be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with a Moment on Sports Part 1. The Michigan Wolverines hockey team defeated the Penn State Nittany Lions 5-3 in University Park, Pennsylvania last night. Rutger McGroarty and Josh Ernice each registered an even-strength goal in the first 60 seconds of the opening period. McGroarty lit the lamp on the power play 17 minutes and 13 seconds later, and Dylan Duke shot the puck into the net to give the Wolverines a 4-0 lead before the Nittany Lions scored the next three goals to cut Michigan's advantage to one goal with three minutes and 55 seconds remaining in regulation. Gavin Brindley saved the Maison Blue from a major collapse when he recorded an empty net goal in the final minute of the third period. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. Hey, well, welcome to the show. Uh, Pastor Rick's under the weather, and so prayers for him and so i hurriedly put together something as best i could and that involved getting my friend bruce flurry seasoned broadcaster co-host of abolitionist roundtables at 9 a.m on this station in the morning but you knew that because you listen already right 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 yeah yeah, exactly i i heard a resounding echo across the plains of michigan yes we do yes indeed so well you know i I may be seasoned. I guess does that mean I'm like, I get a little salty from time to time? So, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's when the beard goes salt and peppery. Yeah, then you're seasoned. You're a seasoned hey. citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, salty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, um, I called Pastor Rick last night about something else, and uh, when he answered the phone, he says, "Hey, you're coming, right?" I swear, and he says. Well, you know, the fur, fur rendezvous. And I, oh my goodness, that's tonight. So Sherry and I hurriedly changed our plans for the evening and we went there. And I was doing it primarily as, you know, a show of friendship with Rick because I'm not sure I wanted to go to this talent competition, you know, at a church. Because once again, there is in Alaska this thing called the fur rendezvous. And it, a reminder of when the trappers would all get together as a big social when it was time to sell their furs in town and they'd all get together and they'd all tell tales and they'd entertain each other and they'd put on shows and the like and uh, boy you know they hadn't seen each other in a while so this has been going on at um, at Hope Church in Ypsilanti for 30 years now and um, I think they've got it down pat because I really enjoyed what I saw last night. You can see this on YouTube if you um, were to Google for Rendezvous 2024 
Ypsilanti. Otherwise, it'll take you to the Alaska one, which is quite a different thing. I can't vouch for the character of the people that put that on, if you get my drift. However, I watched the video and uh, uh, today, and I grabbed some audio clips from it. Uh, the video clips wouldn't do you much good over radio. We could describe them play by play, like uh, you know, a baseball broadcaster would be, like Ernie would do, but uh, still, it's not quite there. So um, the other thing I was calling to talk to Rick about last night was to see what the topic for today was. And I suggested we might talk about the Super Bowl and particularly the Super Bowl commercial. It's generated a lot of, I don't know about controversy. It's a little controversial in the sense that a number of people don't know what to make of it. And that's the Jesus gets us or the he gets us ad campaign, which is continuing from last year. Now, I had to look this up because, frankly, I don't watch the Super Bowl. Um, oh, Derek, I'm sorry. But if I want sports highlights, I listen to Stone Cold Sports Truths on Sundays at 1230 Sunday afternoon. And that's and I do. I listen and I, I learn things there. But uh, yeah, I, I just happen to miss the uh, let's see now the longest Super Bowl game that also went down as the most watched program in U.S. television history, averaging 123.7 million viewers across television and streaming platforms. So that's how many people watched the Super Bowl, and chances are they got a look at this commercial, which was uh, uh, had a cost of $7 million. Bruce and I were talking about a little bit this morning. I hope they got their money's worth. But the question is, how would they deem whether they got their money's worth? I mean, frankly, I don't I don't know what the results of doing a radio show in my case, well, say in this case or in the case of my show. Uh, somebody asked me that the other day. What's your reach? I don't know. You know, well, what's your results? I don't know. Every now and then somebody calls in and says, hi, or I see somebody in a radio state or rather a restaurant and they recognize my voice. But whether that's changing lives or affecting the culture, yeah. I don't know. I bet you Bruce has a notion about that. Well, you know, it's uh, I was going to say whatever makes their own happy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, we, we, he and I talk about it a little bit, you know, from time to time we. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if we, if we could put it in terms of reach, but uh, he's always looking for content, you know, and that type of thing, which is what the drives the broadcast, right? Uh, I know we have our regular callers. We have Walter and, and uh, Joe and, and, and those folks. And we, we get, every so often we'll get a new, a new face, a new voice that we, or somebody we haven't heard in a long time. So uh, as far as sheer numbers goes, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't have Talkers Magazine or Nielsen Ray. Well, Nielsen ratings are for TV, right? But uh, I'm not sure what the what the radio audio ratings are. You know how many? Like uh, Rush Limbaugh would reach what 22 million uh, listeners every day at, at at any at any point in his broadcast. You know uh, Rachel Maddow, if he's lucky, gets uh, 450. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's just 450. <laughs> that's not thousand or millions. That's yeah, 450, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, before. Yeah. We uh, before we get onto this discussion, I wanted to play. I want to play some of these uh, audio clips since I kind of worked so hard on them, 
And uh, Derek's on the phone right now. Perhaps he can play number one, which is, interestingly enough, a gentleman who played the bassoon. And when you think bassoon, a solo for bassoon. Derek, can you play that uh, first cut? We're going to invite our friend Chase to come forward. One of the privileges of being so close to some major universities is that we sometimes have students who are studying music and are focused on music at the university. And in this case, we have Chase, who is a dual major. He is an engineering major, and he's a music major with a concentration on the bassoon. And so he's got the bassoon with him. And I asked Chase, I said, what should we know about this bassoon piece we're going to hear? And he wants us to know two things. First of all, you should know this. You should know this. This particular piece he's going to give us was Mozart's only bassoon concerto. Are you impressed? This was written for the bassoon. And the second thing you should know is that this piece, which is Mozart's only bassoon concerto, is a piece that Mozart wrote when he was 17. What were you doing when you were 17? <laughs> all right. So we are ready to hear the rich tones of the bassoon. Chase, it's all yours. Man, when you listen to the, is that a trill when they go, you know what I mean? I mean, Wow, that the talent there. I was just we just like bassoon. Who'd have thought when I yeah, bassoon, this like honk, honk, you know? And I was just impressed. And that that was the first well, the second act, but we came in late. So yeah. uh actually that's the first one we caught. So what do yeah. you think about that, Derek? That that was very interesting to say the least. I wasn't expecting to be asked about it, but I, I thought it was quite amusing. <laughs> and Bruce? Well, everybody's here just got a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more, but not of the bassoon. I, I, I had Uncle Major on the spittoon, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the spittoon, yeah. That's, that's, did you, I wouldn't want to tune one, that's for sure, So or, or polish one. But, you know, I, I was thinking, of course, when I, this is the first time I thought of this when I heard it live on air, is like, what's well, the first and only he wrote, and he was 17, he may have learned a lesson by then. But then yeah. again, then again, I mean, really, uh, I, I was impressed by that. Oh, so yeah. we've got Joe on the phone, Joe from Wyandotte, Joe Leonard, Leonard, author of, go ahead, tell us, Bruce, Terror Strikes. Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you, and also Constitutional Politics. Yes. Two great, two great works. So, Joe, you have a comment? Yeah, well, first about the Super Bowl itself. I'm hoping that some of that 128 million were people like me who did tune in just because we need an occasional break from all the manure going on, killing our bank account and killing our future. But 
what is at issue. The occasional distraction isn't the problem. What is at issue are people consumed 24 hours a day, 365 days a year by the bread and circus. But that aside... That's the term that was running through my head, bread and circus, but you beat me to it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just dropped a my constitutionalist politics show today, and TLB piece that just dropped is titled Bread and Circus about that. But the woke, the church are woke. These are modern-day wokest church people. They're not dealing in the full and whole Bible in context. They're distorting the word. They're, you know, they're peddling the tolerance. But did they miss the part about Jesus overturning the table from the money changers? Do they miss the part about where he goes around calling people vipers and fools and that these supposed tolerant Christians would call Jesus himself a heretic for not being tolerant enough. And, you know, because the context of all this matters, like Matthew 7, judge not lest ye be judged. There's more than just that seven words, and there are 12 other scriptural references that you are to judge Biblically, not be a hypocrite. Remove the log from your own eye. Judge biblically all on the same set of standards. These people are heretics. Uh, Okay, that's pretty judgmental of you. I don't think you got... I don't think you got the message. Jesus is not judgmental. (laughs) Now, he certainly will be the judge of of all at the resurrection... At the moment, you know, Jesus, you know, we are to judge, yes, but Jesus isn't sending anybody to hell right now. That's later, you know, after everybody's right. like given well, up every Matthew opportunity. Matthew 7 really is condemn not, lest ye be condemned. But again, there are 12 other scriptural references that you are to judge and judge biblically, just not be condemning. There is a difference there. Well, yeah. you, can, you can condemn the actions, correct? What was that, Bruce? I said you can, you can condemn the actions of of, of 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 certain individuals. Like, you know, we, we condemn the abortion industry all the time for what they for what they do. Uh, there's no there's no regard for human life, uh, and and especially life in the womb. Exactly, Bruce. That's judgmental, and we are judging biblically, properly, not this of the worldliness as this church of woke wants us to be. Tolerance to the point of empty-headedness. I want to review here. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. I, I want to review the content of this ad because I didn't know what to expect when I first heard about it, my first thought was, yeah, woke, because what yeah. do you expect from the media is woke. And um, for one thing, you told me, Bruce, that you thought that this was uh, this was a product of the guy who uh, owned Hobby Lobby or founded Hobby Lobby, uh, yeah, David Green. Right. And it turns out, yeah, he was behind. Well, he's he and a group of other people are behind this. And the content 
of the video is one where this year it shows people washing each other's feet, which is frankly something I used to see in church and I used to cringe at. And I think that's part of the point. It, I don't want people washing my feet, just like Peter didn't want Jesus washing his feet. And uh, I don't mind washing other people's feet if, as long as they're clean and don't have toenail fungus and, and a big rash on them. Let's just put the whole foot fetish thing aside, too, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but the fact of the matter is, when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet and Peter said, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you're the Lord, you won't wash my feet, and Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you know, uh, you have no hope. And he said, well, then just wash all of me then. Let's do the whole thing. And I was, I'm in full board then. And it's it's interesting because there is a movement, and there's a movement about management. And I remember seeing an ad a number of years ago for a digital camera for industry, for automation purposes. And it was in an automation magazine and there was an, this ad for it, and underneath it said uh, the name of the company, and it said servant leadership. And I thought, servant leadership? That's a Christian term. It speaks of people real in positions of power realizing they're not there to boss, they're there to serve. And that's that's been something that Jesus taught, you know? He that would chief be chief among you, let him, let him serve. I can't remember the exact quote, maybe— uh, brother of ours can call in uh, either John or, or Pastor Rick and, uh, you know, give me the full quote on that one. But the fact of the matter is, I've noticed more and more over the years, there's a number of Christian men who are in positions of leadership around this uh, country, and I see that tag in their, in their uh, signatory on emails, or I see it in uh, uh, other social media presences that they have, servant leadership. And I'm going to... Uh, have to believe that that's the case of what uh, uh, David Green is doing here. And he's trying to teach to some degree that Jesus was there to serve. I don't know how woke it is. I want to go over some of the images real quick here. We're yeah. looking at a guy, it looks like a son, washing his father's feet. You know, there's something to be said about submission mm -hmm. and uh, submitting to each other in love and and authority. Then there's another one of a, a Mexican policeman in an alleyway with a, looks like a, a velociraptor, uh, you know, a young urban gentleman with his foot on a milk carton, milk crate, and the cop is washing his foot. And then there's another one. It's probably a mall or something, or, oh, it's high school because they're in front of a trophy case. And the young lady in school washing the feet of a young, you know, typical nose ring, red-haired young lady. Um, and she's pouring out her, her uh, drinking water over the lady's feet on the, on the floor and washing her feet. And there's a cowboy, an old co cowboy, uh, doing an older Indian gentleman out, on the, out in the desert. Uh, the famous one everybody talked about is the uh, woman washing the feet of the other young lady outside the... Family planning clinic. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Family me. planning clinic. Yeah, I'm not sure that's exactly the family planning clinic that, you know, that uh, we support. So, right. uh, but, and that's the question there. What is the message of this one in particular? Is it that Jesus accepts abortion, or does Jesus accept those 
who have performed or done or had an abortion. Uh, Derek, you talk a little bit. Uh, Derek, I'm sorry, Bruce. Excuse me. <laughs> sorry, Derek. Uh, <laughs> You're off the hook. <laughs> hey, Derek can lend his, his input too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I you know I was thinking that uh, kind of like that, but then you wonder if it maybe it's uh, that person is is fear of being washed regrets having the abortion, and you know there's and again the the, the lady that's washing the, the the woman's feet is basically doing the same thing Jesus did, you know, to, to forgive. So, yeah, I guess you could take that both ways. Hey folks, this phone number here is 734-822-1600. If you want to call in, if you have an opinion about this, if you want to take a guess at the meaning behind this, I'd be be, uh, happy for you to join the discussion. Uh, Join Bruce and myself in this. Um, I think they've left this very open-ended and I think one of the things they're trying to do is drive traffic to the website mm-hmm. because there's nothing really. You remember that movie, um, uh, being there with Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember the guy who was just a gardener and he was kind of like, he was like a blank tablet. He, he knew nothing. He rose, he, uh, uh, was raised in a house, not even raised. He grew up in a house in front of where he didn't have a lot of, yeah, he didn't have a he didn't have any contact with anybody. He watched the TV all the time. All the time, and so, yeah. And he knew about gardening. And then he runs into uh, Shirley MacLaine, or she runs into him actually, insists on taking him to her house, her mansion, where her husband is a very powerful man in government and industry, and so that she doesn't get sued. And she's concerned, and she has their personal physician look over him, and people ask him questions. Like, oh, what's your name? Gardner. Oh, oh, Gardner. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just, he says Chance the Gardener, and they think he says Chance Gardner. Chauncey, yeah, Chauncey Gardner. And people read into him anything they want to read into him, whereas at some point, the rich old husband, he has his influential uh, people in government, and they come over and they're asking him questions, and they say, what do you think about the economy? Well, there's a time for growing, and there's a time Oh, there are seasons, and then they read advice, and they're going to run the country based on his advice. Based it's hilarious. I like to watch TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and Peter Sellers, I mean, this guy was was so so great. You know, these in these movies like The Mouse That Roared and uh, yeah. Strange Love, and that, and, and he started out in British British radio on the old BBC, uh, the uh, the goon you know, the goon show. You know, yeah. and, uh, Spike Milligan and some of these. And that's where the Monty Pythons drew a lot of their uh, their inspiration from. Well, getting back to this, um, yeah. which I mean, I could go off on that on that movie. It's hilarious. But it's like it is what you read into it. It's a almost not quite a blank tablet, but it's ambiguous. What are you supposed to get out of this? But I think what they're trying to do is drive you to the website where they they uh, then talk to you about uh, different concepts. Uh, you know, of what Jesus wants out of us. And and I think, I understand the fear of woke, but I think to some degree, I think it's they're almost like, um, what do they call that, uh, seeker-friendly churches, where they, they kind of try to wet your taste for the gospel, try and get you interested in Jesus so that you'll look further and deeper, attend church, and then be exposed. Unfortunately, the number of those churches I've seen yeah, 
it doesn't really pan out that way. So, um, yeah. And then uh, in the last uh, minute of the show, Derek, would you play Fur Five comedy? Do you know why uh, a pirate is called a pirate? They just, they just are. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, I got my little cheat sheet. Um, let's see. Oh, what do you call someone with no nose and nobody? Nobody knows. <laughs> Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Ed Bondarenka is filling in as the host of today's Moment of Clarity for Pastor Rick. He'll be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Former Detroit Pistons point guard Mr. Big Shot Chauncey Billups is a finalist for induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame on August 17th. During his tenure with the Pistons from 2002 to 2008, Billups was a three-time National Basketball Association All-Star, two-time NBA All-Defensive second-team player, one-time All-NBA second-team performer, one-time All-NBA third-team member, and the 2004 NBA Finals Most Valuable Player, when Detroit defeated the heavily favored Los Angeles Lakers in five games. Mr. Big Shot will find out if he will be immortalized besides Pistons legends Dave Bing, Bob Lanier, Grant Hill, Dennis Rodman, Joe Dumars, and Isaiah Thomas on April 6th. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. Oh, we're not going to hear it. That's right, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we're not going to hear, uh, okay, Soil and Green. So let's listen to this then. Yeah. You maniacs! <laughs> you blew it up! <laughs> <laughs> or another one I like. Another one I like. Okay. From my cold, dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's my present. Now, yeah, that's what is up there, you know, he's uh, in his yeah. now I'm still going strong, but, uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. Nope. And uh, that voice is uh, my my friend and co-host uh, today, uh, Bruce Fleury from Abolition's Roundtable. And we're still waiting for more people to call in with their opinion on last week's uh, Super Bowl ad. Well, this year's Super Bowl ad, I should say, uh, the uh, He Gets Us campaign. But you know, if we don't get much more uh, discussion along those topics or opinions, then I'm going to ask Derek to play another clip from last night. And uh, one I like is this, uh, the fire choir is towards the end, Fur 9. Would you play that for me, Derek? Lay up your treasures in heaven. Oh, listen, people, hear the man. 
wow. That was really, yeah, it was impressive. It doesn't come off as much in the recording uh, from YouTube that and I clipped off for the audio as yeah. it did in person, but you can hear that harmony going on in there. And there must have been, I'm going to guess there were 40 people, four ro- at least four rows of 10 uh-huh. on, on this platform singing. And they had them, of course, bass to soprano, left to right. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just really nice. And folks, oh, yeah. uh, next year, if there's room for you, this place was packed. Sherry and I ended up standing in the back until finally somebody scooted over and uh, and made room for us to sit down. Uh, yeah. it, it was that full. And then they had this wonderful desserts, a whole cafeteria, and a gymnasium of desserts, tables and tables, because we're Christians, and that's what we do is we eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, that, 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 listening to that took me back to my days in the Glee Club and the Honors Choir and that type of thing. I, uh, I was the first tenor, and then my voice changed. Oops. <laughs> so I could really hit the high notes, you know. Then I took up smoking, and that really messed it all up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah very, I'll tell you what, it be- beats the heck out of let- lift every voice and sing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the alternate yeah. national yeah. anthem. I mean, how many national anthems can you have as a nation and not be split in half? That's another oh, topic yeah. of the Super Bowl right there. Well, I remember, you know, I remember seeing one guy, he says, okay, why don't we just have every country have their national anthem <laughs> sung before the Super Bowl, and they can start playing on Thursday. <laughs> well, if you have a black national anthem, don't the Chinese feel left out? They were an oppressed minority, and, you yeah. know, they the railroads and, and washed our clothes, they were an oppressed minority, you Irish. know? Well, the Irish, yeah. they. What did the Irish do? <laughs> but, but, no, they the, drank the whole, us dry. The, the Irish drank us dry. Back, yeah, the whole background is that my understanding is that it was a hymn that was written back in the around 1900 to to unite the you know, you know black Americans who were living under Jim Crow and all this other you know segregation and all that other type of stuff. All and, stuff some, and somehow this got this got co-opted i guess and now you know it's being put forth as, as that and uh and and both singers had great voices reba mcintyre and then the other lady who i forget her name i think is her last name is land but yeah i've got beautiful voices but you know there's only one national anthem okay <laughs> you know just, and and that's what i had to sing when my audition for the uh, for the uh the glee club and, and the honors choir i had to sing the oh. national anthem Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant stand up. You know, whether you know the the alternate. Black no, 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 not that. I didn't even know that existed back then. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, we saw and, and we saw some uh, some 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 questionable plays and that type of thing. I heard that there was some booing that took place when this this first rendition was played, and then Reba gets up and she yeah. That's what I wanted to know. Did white players take a knee? When the black national anthem was played, that's what I, I didn't. Well, I didn't see that, but apparently, I, apparently, I saw Travis Kelsey was taking a knee during the uh, during the uh, the Star Spangled Banner, but they didn't show him kneeling. They showed it from the waist up, and he had his hand on his on his on his heart. Uh, if you're kneeling in prayer and thanking God for your natural ability to to be able to to get to play a kids' game and to get well paid for it. 
then I got don't have a problem with that. But when you have like Colin Kaepernick or some of these other people that walk around with uh, their their socks have pictures of cops and uh, uh, pigs wearing a police yeah. officers' uniforms, you know, no wonder the guy can't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will hire him. What's what is he now, Derek? About forty years old now. I don't know his exact age, but yeah, he's got to be a- around forty. That's past your use by date, right? For football. <laughs> well, the way I see it, when you when you can't cut it in the CFL, the USFL, or the XFL, uh, you know, you may as well hang it up. Yep. Yep, yeah. that's true. So um, let's see now. We've talked about the Super Bowl again. Again. And, um, yeah, you and I were talking about something at break. Mm-hmm. And um, I told you, hold on to that thought for when we're back on air. And guess what? I didn't hold on to that thought. Did you hold on to that thought? I'm trying to remember. Maybe Derek can can refresh our memory. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm having having a Biden moment. Uh, Uh, Derek, fur three. a young lady named Rachel and she was playing that song and then now we have uh, uh, a young Asian lady named uh, Jessie who played the piano also and that was impressive she's a trained classical pianist at the age of 11 that's 11? for four oh, lord yeah I know 11 years old Derek here comes Jessie she is a young classical pianist And it's going to make all of you wish that you had kept going with your piano lessons. Let's all give our best attention now as Jesse plays what it says is the sonatina. And it says that it is this third movement. Are you ready? Let's listen. Thank you. 
Just amazing. Now, yeah. I took piano lessons when I was a kid, and I think the uh, epitome, uh, I think apex of my piano playing was being able to play uh, Scott Joplin's Maple Leaf Rag, uh -huh. and I haven't done that in years. Let me tell you, that's a lost talent of mine. But uh, <laughs> Well, for, for my part, I was having visions of uh, Fred Flintstone dancing across the floor to, to, to impress Wilma with his dancing ability. <laughs> Okay, that explains you're cracking up while you're yeah, listening well, to that. Yes, yes. Well, no, it's that is it's amazing. A, a classical pianist at 11 years old. It's just it's just the, it's, the it's, talent. It's yeah, I mean, I expected you know, like oh, you know, just just somebody yeah. singing off key to impress their parents. You know, and mm -hmm. they had some some shows that. Uh, uh, the living flannel graph. If you've ever been to Sunday school, you know the flannel graphs where they stick the stick characters up on the board. They had a guy doing the flannel graph, and then they had these kids in costume acting it out. And I believe it was uh, uh, David uh, uh, being chosen, David and Goliath. And mm -hmm. it, was, it was great. They really did it well. And they, yeah. 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 So well, there's a like, lot of talent it, there. It, it is. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, it's like, <clears throat> I know we're, 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 we're always complaining about how kids are growing up too fast and all this type of thing, but there are exceptional uh, children out there. And, uh, you know, the way I would say it to their parents is uh, take it and run with it, but, you know, just make sure that, you know, keep everything in perspective. You know, there's there's a time for this, there's a time for that. It's like, would you say, Chauncey uh, Gardner says there's there's a season for growing and a season for this. <laughs> you know, that's like the, the biblical verse uh, to every... Yeah. Think there is a season. Turn, turn, turn. Oh wait, no, that's not that part's not in the Bible. <laughs> hey, Derek, some guy, some there's some other guy named Rick Fur Six. Would you play some of Rick, please? Uh, a little bit about this. Uh, back when Daniel and Elizabeth were getting married, I went to Pastor Paul and I said, you know, I'd like to participate in for rendezvous. You know, I used to be an escape artist. I would uh, like to do an escape at for rendezvous. And then I just saw Jesse play that beautiful piece on the piano, and I'm going to come up here and do what cereal does. I'm going to get out of a box. <laughs> so this is the point where you get a break from entertainment. <laughs> uh, so I ordered a tr uh, an escape that I could have used water in it, and unfortunately... Uh, the aquarium wasn't done um, until, uh, well, it should be delivered to my house tomorrow. <laughs> that is to say the, the water tank is being delivered tomorrow. But we're yes. going to still do this underwater. We can. can yes, we can. We I, can we're going to show off in just a minute how that's being yes, done. Yes, we, okay. we, we'll get this. Okay. So, so there's still going to be water involved. I'm still going to, you know, the box is going to be underwater. Uh, and not no trick photography, I promise. Um, this particular box we just went and picked up. The interesting story behind this box. The last escape I did was at the Detroit River, um, in which that almost took my life. This particular box was used by another escape artist by the name of Chris Angel on his A&E TV show, in which he almost drowned, and they had to release him from this very box. Um, so, Is this safe for us to be here? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to be getting this uh, escape. I, I just want to let you know that uh, 
Escapes are something that I started out at the age of seven. And the Lord had uh, provided me with a love for, for performing escapes, and I didn't know the reason why until much later in life. Back when I got into performing in escapes, I was a very shy young man. I could not speak in public. Now I'm a professor and a pastor and a talk radio show host, and so this was all preparation to bring me where I am today. So I'm going to have, just out of curiosity, because you're going to see, this is actually going to get involved in the danger in doing this escape. How many of my students, past and present, do we have here tonight? Just by applause. By applause. Okay, very nice. All right. Yeah. So uh, Amy is going to make sure that I do this, make sure the box and me will be underwater so if she can get that part ready. Okay, would you do that for us? There we go. Now it's being done underwater. That's just about enough water for a Presbyterian baptism. Oh. All right. Well, let's see if so, we can get you inside, and we'll keep moving along. Inside. By the way, I, I will make you this promise. When I'm in there, I will not use any keys. Okay. I'm going to double the amount of water. Okay. Okay. So we're getting everything, all well, the we keys are put. Need keys to okay. get in. We'll have the girls step back so everyone can see. Yes, please. Ashley, maybe way back here so even people inside can see a little bit. And let's see what happens next. Hello. All right. Encyclopedia Britannica, huh? Yeah, uh, a little busy right now. Can I call you back tomorrow? Yeah. What's your number? All right, what time do you do dinner? Yeah, I'll call you then. Okay. The tragic part is Rick did not escape from the box, and that's not why that's why he's not here with us today. Our condolences to Gaylene. This is not true. Rick got out of the box. Everything went just fine. Yeah, and, uh, I'm going, like, wait, what? <laughs> smart, smart no, sorry, nope. He got out of the handcuffs, he got out of the box, and everything is fine. So oh. Don't Derek, worry. Yes, indeed. Do we have left? How long do we have left, Derek? How many minutes? Five. I want, I want to play this one last song for you, and it's so beautiful, and it runs four and a half minutes. Folks, this is a, a trio of the Osborne sisters singing Come Unto Jesus. Derek, would you play that, please, for 11? kids. All you who are weary, come to the mercy seat, fervently kneel. Here bring your wounded hearts, broken and needy. Come unto Jesus, mighty to heal. 
joy of the comfortless life for the straying, hope of the penitent peace in our strife. Here speaks a comforter tenderly saying, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come unto Jesus, come unto Jesus, lay down your burdens, he is enough. Come unto Jesus, rest in his love. Come taste the bread of life broken for sinners. Drink from the cup of his promise made sure. Feast at his table as sons and as daughters. Grace overflowing is yours evermore. Come unto Jesus. Come unto Jesus, lay down your burdens, he is enough. Come unto Jesus, rest in his love. forsaking all that was gained count as nothing but loss trade all this world for his kingdom unfading come unto jesus take up your cross come unto jesus take up your cross life everlasting he offers to us come unto jesus come unto jesus yeah now maybe that should have been a commercial on <laughs> yeah maybe so well i thought of allison days. cross I thought of Alison Krauss when I heard this. Derek, how much we got? A minute? About a minute and a half. Okay. So, yeah, I was thinking of, you know, I, I love that kind of music, but the harmonies, these three sisters just, you know, who knows, down the line, we may hear of them, you know, on the big stage. Yeah. And um, you got any closing comments, Bruce, before we go? Well, you know, you said that, was, that should be the... Uh... That should have been the commercial on the Super Bowl instead of the Jesus Gets Us. But at, the, at four and a half minutes, you're talking about $35 million. There. <laughs> I don't think Hobby Lobby could afford that. But, uh, yeah, those are some very interesting clips. And I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just taken away, taken aback by these young folks and how how great they, they are and how dedicated they are. And just, uh, you know, All right. to, to, to what, makes, what makes life great. Amen. Well, folks, come on back next week for Moment of Clarity. We will have Pastor Rick, I'm sure, and uh, better entertainment, like he said. Thanks for joining us, and stay tuned for Your American Heritage.
You've been listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio. 